This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith, and as always, I will be your host. I appreciate you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This week we have episode 216, entitled, The Misunderstood Sleep, in John chapter 11. Yes, we have finally made our way through all of the thematic misunderstandings in John chapter 8, within our overall study of the theme of misunderstanding in the fourth gospel, the gospel of John. Now, this is your first dive into the theme of misunderstanding. It is vitally important to know how it is structured so that the reader is able to not come out confused after listening to what Jesus says in the Gospel of John. So within the Gospel of John, the theme of misunderstanding has these three basic components. Number one. Jesus makes an ambiguous statement. Number two, the dialogue partner misunderstands what Jesus says, either by interpreting it literally or by asking an inappropriate question. And number three, either Jesus or the narrator explains what Jesus meant, although sometimes the explanation is missing but clearly implied. This week's episode, we'll look at Jesus and Lazarus in John chapter 11. Those who will be misunderstanding Jesus in today's passage will not be the disbelieving Jews or the crowds who have yet to make up their mind about Jesus. No, the confused interlocutors in today's passage are the disciples the followers of Jesus. How will Jesus' words about resurrection be misunderstood? What did Jesus actually mean and intend for the readers to understand with his statement about Lazarus? And what are the Christological implications of the human Messiah demonstrating the ability to give life to the dead? which is typically a prerogative reserved for God alone. Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. First point today is looking at the death and resurrection of Lazarus. We are in John chapter 11, and I'm going to start in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go, so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. That's John chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. So before we look deeper into the particular misunderstanding in this passage, I think it's good to look at a few key points for this passage. And so our study is going to look at how Jesus deals with the death of Lazarus and in what capacity he is going to accomplish this particular miracle. Now, as Jesus is on his way to perform this miracle, he calls himself the Son of God. And the Son of God happens to be the title that the Gospel of John's own purpose statement, in John 20, verse 31, wants the reader to adopt. The purpose statement in John 20, 31 says that this was written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you will have life in his name. So the Gospel of John wants you to regard Jesus as the Son of the true God, and Jesus himself identifies himself as the Son of God. This particular miracle is going to bring about the glory of God, and the Son of God is going to be glorified in this miracle. Now Jesus also called by his followers Lord in this passage, but this Lord seems to be a polite title akin to Master or Sir. Not unlike Jesus being called Rabbi in the present passage. It seems that Jesus is understood by his disciples and followers as an authority figure. And so with those preliminary points out of the way, let's move to looking at a detailed examination of the misunderstanding. This is our second point of the day, looking closer at the theme of misunderstanding involving Lazarus's sleep. So as you'll recall, the first part of the theme of misunderstanding within the fourth gospel involves Jesus making an ambiguous statement. We, of course, can see this in John 11, 11, where Jesus said to his disciples, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. So, unfortunately, Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, has died. But Jesus describes 
the state of Lazarus' death with the euphemism sleep. Now, sleep is a very common euphemism for death, the absence of life. In 61 occurrences of the Bible, sleep is a reference to death. So that's not an infrequent euphemism. Now, the verb that's used here in John 11, 11 in regard to Lazarus falling asleep is a perfect middle passive. And what that indicates for those who are not familiar with Greek is that Lazarus has fallen asleep and the effects of that sleep are still ongoing. So Lazarus has fallen asleep and he is still asleep. When Jesus is talking about this with his disciples, Lazarus is still asleep. He's still in the state of the sleep of death. Now, since the phrase sleep or fallen asleep is ambiguous, possibly meaning death or just taking an extended nap, the disciples don't exactly understand what Jesus means. And this naturally leads to a misunderstanding. So the second part of the theme of misunderstanding has the conversation partner misunderstanding what Jesus says, either by interpreting it literally or asking an inappropriate question. The conversation partner here is the disciples of Jesus. And we can see the misunderstanding taking place in verse 12. The disciples then said to Jesus, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. So they are regarding sleep literally in the sense of the typical slumber that one takes every single night when they go to bed. So from their point of view, if Lazarus has fallen asleep, he will surely wake up like everyone else does in the morning. So what's the reason for Jesus to go to Judea? Lazarus is going to wake up like everyone else does. No big deal. Now the third part of the theme of misunderstanding involves Jesus or the narrator explaining the statement. And we can see this in verses 13 through 14, where it says that now Jesus had spoken of Lazarus' death. But they, the disciples, thought that Jesus was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So here we have the narrator and Jesus offering the explanation. The narrator telling us, that Jesus was talking about death and that the disciples were not thinking of death. They were thinking of the normal sleep that happens when people go to bed at night. And then Jesus comes in and offers the plain statement that Lazarus is dead, which explains what he means in verse 11 by saying that Lazarus is asleep. Quite clearly, Jesus is aware of the euphemism that sleep refers to death. Now, the point of this story really should not be overlooked. And I've heard many teachings on this story to where simply the point is made that Lazarus is sleeping the sleep of death. And there we have Jesus teaching that sleep is a euphemism for death. Isn't that nice? But the point is that Jesus is going to wake Lazarus up by raising him from the dead, thereby giving life to one who has no life. 
So what does it mean for the Gospel of John to depict Jesus, the anointed Christ, the human Messiah, as one who has the ability to give life, to raise the dead? This moves us to our third and final point, which is the resurrection life offered by the human Jesus. Let's look at the Christological implications of Jesus being one who raises the dead and gives life. Because if you are familiar with the Hebrew Bible, it is Yahweh who is the one that is depicted as having the power to give life. Obviously, Yahweh is the creator, the one who creates life. So he certainly has the power to give life again to the dead. So a typical passage like 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 6 says that Yahweh kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. 1 Samuel 2 verse 6. So Yahweh is the one in the Hebrew Bible that is acknowledged as the one who makes alive and raises the dead. So that seems like a open and shut case. The one who raises the dead and makes alive is Yahweh. However, the Hebrew Bible also demonstrates that certain human beings seem to have been authorized with the ability to raise the dead. The first one is in 1 Kings chapter 17, and this is the prophet Elijah. In 1 Kings 17, 21, it says that he stretched himself, Elijah stretched himself upon the child three times and called to Yahweh and said, O Yahweh, my God, I pray you, let this child's life return to him. Yahweh heard the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child returned to him, and he revived. Elijah took the child, brought him from the upper room into the house, and gave him to his mother. Then Elijah said, See, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, that the word of Yahweh in your mouth is truth. That's 1 Kings 17, 21 through 24. So in the Hebrew Bible, Elijah is depicted as raising the dead. Now the passage clearly differentiates Elijah from Yahweh. In fact, Elijah calls upon Yahweh, and Yahweh is depicted as hearing the call of Elijah and responding. Clearly, Elijah is a human being. He is actually called a man of God that has the power of Yahweh to raise the dead. Now, nobody thought that Elijah was one and the same as Yahweh, the one who makes alive and who raises the dead. So clearly, God has empowered this human being, Elijah, to raise the dead as an agent who bears God's life-giving prerogative. Another example from the Hebrew Bible involves Elijah's disciple, which is Elisha. Elisha the prophet, in 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 32, came into the house. Behold, the lad was dead and laid on his bed. So Elisha entered and shut the door behind them both, and prayed to Yahweh. And he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, and his eyes on his eyes, 
and his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself on him, and the flesh of the child became warm. Then he returned and walked in the house once again and back and forth, and went up, stretched himself on him, and the lad sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. That's 2 Kings 4, verses 32 through 35. So Elisha is also portrayed in the Hebrew Bible as raising the dead, and yet it would be a fundamental mistake to think that Elisha, who raises the dead, is one and the same as the God who raises the dead and makes alive. Clearly, Yahweh has empowered the prophet Elisha, the human being Elisha, as an authorized agent to raise the dead, just like Elijah before him. Elisha is an agent who bears the life-giving prerogative of Yahweh. And an agent, I need to remind our listeners, is not to be confused with Yahweh, the sender of the agent. So when we look in the New Testament, and for the sake of this episode, within our passage in John 11, and we see Jesus talking about his plans to raise Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11, are we to conclude that Jesus is Yahweh, the one who makes alive and raises the dead? Or is Jesus another empowered agent of Yahweh, like Elijah and Elisha? Answer, the Gospel of John has already spoken about the life that Jesus possesses in relation to the Father. And in John 5, 26, Jesus says that just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And the Father gave to the Son authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. An hour is coming when all who are in their tombs will hear his voice and will come forth, those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. That's John 5, 26-29. So Jesus speaks of himself as one who has received life from the Father, and Jesus takes this life and immediately speaks of his ability to enact judgment and raise the dead. And since Jesus is portrayed as a human being in the Gospel of John more than a dozen times, and even Jesus calls himself a human being, I think that it is best to regard Jesus, the life giver, as an authorized human agent of the Father, not unlike the prophet Elijah and the prophet Elisha. So Jesus having the ability to raise Lazarus from the dead is bearing that ability as a God-given prerogative. Yes, Yahweh the Father has the ability to raise up and to give life to the dead. But God has shared that prerogative with his human Messiah, with the human Jesus, the agent of the one true God. 
And so Jesus should not be confused with the one true God. Jesus is the Son of God, as he explicitly mentioned earlier in our passage in John chapter 11. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please join us next week as we continue our exploration of the theme of misunderstanding in John chapter 11 in relation to Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. So please look forward to our next episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us as we promote the important truths of the oneness and unity of God and the humanity of Jesus. Please consider subscribing for free on YouTube or iTunes. Give us an honest review on iTunes and share your favorite episodes with your friends. If you'd like to offer a donation, you may check us out on PayPal. There is a link to donate in this episode's description. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, you folks, please take care.